Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the extra mundane anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Hometowns Week. There's so much to love about hometown dates. There are culture clashes, there are combative family members, strange customs, great suburban word art unexpected breakout stars like i don't know if anyone remembers last season tasha's brother amazing and oh jojo's mom drinking wine straight out of the bottle during uh ben higgins hometown dates comes to mind as well um we also see how people outside the atmosphere of Bachelor Nation see these contestants and how it can be at times really dissonant with what we think of them or even what they think of themselves. And often it's a real turning point in terms of how that contestant is even seen by the lead. Um, I'm thinking of like, well, Sean and Catherine are a great example. Her hometown was really intense and her, it included sort of her getting into an argument with her sisters about whether or not this is really what she wanted and her being really insisted that it was and them sort of really doubting that she'd be ready for it. Also, Sean's hometown date with Desiree where her brother got really up in his face and really was the beginning of the end of their relationship. I'm also thinking about Andy and Prince Farming. Uh, going back to Iowa and seeing the the waste, the nothing. Uh, and now I think it's probably all underwater, which is not funny. It's awful. But uh, yeah, I can imagine being a big city girl and looking out on that and being like, no, thank you, though. Also, Ben Flangenick. And what was her name? Kelsey? Something she was really religious and it's like he's a godless winemaker uh, and her dad's like a pastor. It did not go well, but uh, she still seemed to not really understand why that wasn't going to work out. And of course, Colton and Kaylin, her hometown was a recent gut punch. She got cut after that date. And of course, his hometown with Cassie didn't go super great either. And in fact, that's kind of a teachable moment about Jed and his hometown. And I forget who it was who was interviewed later and sort of broke it down for for Colton's season as being like, that was the source of challenge. And so that's where his attention went. And that's, you know, what convinced him that Cassie was the one was the fact that it it was difficult. And I think that's often the case. I think it it can go either way. Either you 
don't jive with their family and you don't like that and it's caused to cut the contestant or you kind of double down. And in, in Colton's case, that was definitely what happened. In Hannah's case, that's kind of what happened. Kind of. But I also think again, and like not again, not to belabor the Libra stereotypes, but she's really making it easy. Like most bachelorettes have been Aries. And to me, that just seems like a sign who's much easier at being like, you're being rude to me right now. And I don't really like your tone or your attitude. So I'm not interested in being part of this family. And I'm not interested in this contestant anymore. Whereas Hannah as a Libra being like, oh, y'all don't like me. Oh, I'm gonna make y'all like me. Right? Very important distinction. And honestly, honestly, I don't know if I've ever experienced a hometown date with as much subtext as Jets. And like Luke P, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on Luke P, obviously. His, his hometown had a lot of subtext, but it's in the way that all villain hometown dates do. And most of those are women. I'm thinking again, off the top, off the dome, Courtney Robertson from Ben Flashnick season or Vienna Girardi from Jake Pavelka season where we know they're the villain of the house. And then we, you know, find out that they have a family that loves them and sees them in a totally different way than, than we've come to see them. Right. And that's totally different from what's going on with Jed, because Again, we know something that the Hannah that we are seeing does not. And she knows what we know about Luke, obviously. His parents know. Everyone knows. Everyone's really confused. But there's so much, there's just so much to watch closely with Jed's hometown and to try and decode from the sort of cryptic women in Jed's life. And not to jump too far ahead, but I also haven't, remember the last time I was so thrilled during a rose ceremony because obviously there's like spoilers out there. And there was a moment when we thought my friends and I, who were all watching and my sweetheart, we all thought maybe Jed was going to get cut. We knew Luke was not going to get cut because we've already seen what happens uh, next week. But I really thought she was going to cut Jed because of that really bizarre hometown. And obviously she did not. And wow, again, sometimes someone really fulfills the stereotypes associated with their placements. And Libra indecision uh, was in full effect. It reminded me a little bit about... It reminded me of Caitlyn's season where because she had intimate relations with Nick, before the designated time in the process she she didn't do the steps she didn't work the steps right they had to switch the order of the hometowns in the fantasy suites so i believe it was like four people went to the fantasy suites and then three people went to hometowns i don't remember exactly but caitlin's a gemini and that's more of a gemini solution to a 
the problem. Like, oh, let's just like get in there and rearrange some things around and we'll make it work. Whereas the Libra solution is to just not make a decision. Anyway, I thought all four dates actually, uh, even though Jed's was the most interesting, we were all kind of waiting to get to it. And then uh, after it was over, really waiting to see what happened. You know, that's kind of dominating the B-plot of the show now. Because no matter what's going on on screen, we're thinking about the fact that Jed is pulling off the heist of a lifetime. But each of the dates had some really interesting kind of contradictions that we kind of, we learned about the contestants. Like for example, okay, let's talk about Peter. Peter, the Labrador of men. I just felt like, especially during this date, he just looks like he's just about to want to play fetch. Like you could just pull a tennis ball out of your pocket and be like, who is that? Who is that? And throw it. And he would just be like, you know, I don't mean that. It's, I think it's a compliment. I like Peter just fine. Sweetie, sweetheart. Lots of Virgo. Lots of Virgo. And and he sees himself as slow to open up, which is a Venus and Virgo trait, classically. But then you have his brother, who's like, I'm the pragmatic one. He's the hopeless romantic. And it's sort of like, wow, that's interesting. We see him as very pragmatic. We see him in a very specific way and his family sees him as very impulsive. And then of course, Luke. <laughs> Luke's like the gentle giant, the peacemaker, according to his community. It's so bizarre. And it's like, I just kept getting the feeling during especially that Sunday school portion of that date that that they were referring to some character from Of Mice and Men. That somehow, in their eyes, Luke is both characters from Of Mice and Men. <laughs> and it's bizarre. And then, of course, Jed, you have all that Capricorn. And yet, next to his family... Next to these women, he seems positively, like, warm and inviting. Of everyone, Tyler really is the only one who seems the most aligned in identity between how he sees himself, how Hannah sees him, and how his family sees him. Of all of the dates, that the most congruence in self-image and the way they seem to others seems to be for Tyler. Now, there's, astrologically speaking, there's explanations for these kinds of contradictions. And there's layers to them, too. I mean, astrology is about the ways in which people are complicated, not the ways in which people boil down, which is why it's really hard to speak about it in a really efficacious and 
efficient way sometimes. That's my challenge. And I feel like when I start kind of trying to connect all the dots with someone and, and talk about all the, all the different ways that their chart or their placements break down, it gets really overly complex really fast. And being an astrologer or, or being into astrology is I think so difficult because it's not just about how you interpret these things. It's not just about learning. It's about learning how to talk about it and learning how to teach it to people who haven't necessarily memorized everything or haven't done all the work that you have and don't want to, nor should they have to. That's your job. Anyway, if you know, if you know your birth time, we don't know the birth times of these contestants, most of them, but if you do know your birth time, then you can calculate your ascendant. And actually a good astrologer can give you a pretty good idea of your ascendant if you know the time of day that you were born and other placements like your sun sign, because uh, your natal chart is a map of the sky when you were born. And so if you know uh, where the sun was, right? And uh, then, and, and, and the general time. So let's say your mom was watching uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon when you were born or right before you were born. So you know that you were born very, very, very late at night or very early in the morning. Then a good astrologer can do some uh, geometry, figure out, you know, where the sun was breaking, like where the horizon line was when you were born. And that's your ascendant. And that is also your first house. And your ascendant is your mask. The ascendant is often how people see you or it's how your sun sign protects itself from the world. And I think that's often a really important piece of the puzzle and especially with these contestants in terms of like how they might see themselves and how they um yeah in their itms in their in their interviews and in their interactions versus how we see them the mask um a great astrologer embodied astrologer uh blair bogan in los angeles i took a workshop with her uh at sister bride on instagram and she talks about how the ascendant is like the easy mask, but it's not just about your ascendant because it's also about the planet your ascendant rules. So for example, I am a Scorpio ascendant, but uh, when we did sort of an ascendant exercise in this workshop, I was giving off a much kind of warmer energy, a much more kind of curious, expansive energy than I've talked about Mars energy before the drill. And I think some people who know me uh, might get that off of me sometimes, the drilling that the, the planet Mars, which rules Scorpio, the effect that it can have. I apologize. There's some kind of uh, leaf blower, weed whacker situation happening outside. Um, but my Mars, which rules my ascendant, is in the sign of Sagittarius. I have a Sagittarius stellium. So it's expressing more in that style. That's the party that it's at. That's the filter 
that's the set of presets maybe that's something i've noticed actually a lot of bachelor nation influencers have been doing recently is selling photo presets it's like their own set of glasses their own filter on the world their own reality uh modulator and so if you know where your ascendant is what rules it, where that is, you can start to maybe get an idea of how people see you and how that might be different from how you see yourself. And if you know your ascendant, you know your that that's uh, also the location of your first house and you can count from there. So my, again, ascendant is Scorpio. So my second house is Sagittarius, third house Capricorn, fourth house Aquarius, and the fourth house... And... I, I don't love to tell total strangers about themselves. I love talking about reality TV stars because we have behavior to look at, to give us evidence. And I like talking to friends because I know about their lives. I know, I know things about them. It's very hard for me to try and uh, tell people I don't know what they are like, especially based on their birth chart. I, I would rather try to empower people to explore for themselves and see what resonates. So... I would tell you, if you know your house system, this is whole sign house system, the house system I use. If you can count out from your ascendant, find out what sign your fourth house is expressed in. That is traditionally the house where you'd look, the place where you'd look to learn about your role in home life in, in the past, present, and the future. And even if there aren't objects there, like Aquarius, my fourth house is in this in the sign of Aquarius, and I don't have any personal planets in Aquarius. I don't have any real placements in Aquarius, but it's still a style assigned to it. So I like to think about my dear friend Caitlin uh, from the Rebirth of Venus podcast, and I did an uh, did an astrology podcast recently, and she, when she and I have talked about astrology, she talks about like the planets as characters and the houses is like the settings you know and the signs as the production design right of that sign and it could also be an indication of where you feel the most at home which is not always the home and it's not always your childhood home and i mean uh as this one astrology book i have puts it it could be the battlefield is where you feel at home right so both of those things have an effect that complicate these sort of trading card snapshots that we get of the contestants and can explain why sometimes when they go home, we get these beautiful moments of conflict. And next week, I mean, the good news is we know we're still only getting three fantasy dates. We'll be in Greece, it sounds like, and we will uh, we'll be on windmill watch for sure. <laughs> so uh, until then, thank you for being on this journey with me. And I can't wait to see where it goes.